Well, hello, Mark. Oh, good morning, Johnny. How you doing, buddy? Dude, I have got the world's worst earworm stuck in my head. Okay. Like, I, I've, I've always been told that the only way to get a st- song stuck, like, the song that's stuck in your head out of it is if you listen to it, if you sing it, if you, you say it, spit it out into the into the ether and let uh, let the world have at it, you know? So if you mm-hmm. if you don't mind, may I may I oblige? Please, please. Okay. <clears throat> I haven't sung in a while, so please forgive me if this is horribly off key. I've been working at the podcastery all the live long week. You feel free to jump in at the tenor if you, if you if you feel like it. Watching lots of King of the Hill, even though it's gun to reek. Can't you hear Mark get suicidal? Talking about church hopping. <laughs> Wanna wake up and scrub my wrists, clean my brains. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that devolved into, into uh, Jahan Redcorn, but that's like the best possible way that it could have devolved because I didn't know where else I was going with it. Hey, welcome to Dangle Podcast, everybody. I broke hey, welcome Mark, to so... Dangle Podcast. This is the most you're going to hear me laugh. That right there is the most you're going to hear me laugh this entire week, listeners. I hope you're ready for the bucket of rage that is Mark Jones this week. Oh my God. You might skip this one, guys. It may be good for you, but uh, what, are, what exactly are you skipping? Why, this is the Dangle Podcast. It's a weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Johnny, and my good buddy, Mark, we watch two episodes of that animated classic, King of the Hill by Mike Judge. We watch them, we rate them, we uh, tell you what we like about them, we tell you what we really don't like about them, we tell you about how much we uh, are are not sticklers for continuity and yet continue to be assholes and comic book guys about continuity. Then we slap it all with our patented rating system, and Mark, what do you say we just hop right into this week's episode? <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> I, I, I say we pull a train on it, buddy. <laughs> Oh, uh, guys, we're starting this I, week with... <laughs> I don't know why we pull a train, because we're not talking about working on the railroad. You're at the podcastery. I don't... It's it's, it's true. A, it's and, a flimsy and, metaphor and besides, at best. Besides, they have no idea that you and I watched uh, um, uh, Beavis and Butthead right before I left and talked about pulling a train on your mom at Thanksgiving. Um, and there's this peace is, this throughout <laughs> the land. This is episode 197. Church hopping, original air date April 9th, 2006. Uh, Mark, our writer this week. Uh, yeah, who is it? Jim Dotrieve. Is it really? Is it really yes, Jim Dotrieve? That have dirty we boy, seen, I am. Have we seen him write an episode in the last five seasons, or has he just been producing? Um, He wrote The Redneck on Rainy Street. Oh, okay, okay. I just, I saw the name and I went, holy crap, that seems... That seems like we have not seen him in a long time. Um, yeah, I, I just it threw me for a loop. Uh, and this then week's episode... the trouble with the Gribbles, I think, was like that's back in season six. It's been a minute, so you're yeah. not you're not wrong at all to think that it's been a while since we've seen uh, Jim Dabatrov. <laughs> Jim uh, uh, Dabatrov. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like no, he, it's been a while, and I know he's he's one of our EPs, so he's on a lot of episodes. He's the one who has his hand in that continuity barrel. Um, 
But yeah, we just haven't seen him in the writer's seat for a while, so it's, it's interesting. This week's episode's yeah. got a cast of characters that include Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill DeBetrove, Boomhauer, Karen Stroop, the return of Lucky Platter, wow, Luann Platter and Lucky Kleinschmidt, uh, Bryce Carmody, Reverend Neely, Buck Strickland, Donna Enrique, and Joe Jack. This is an interesting episode, and I'm curious to see... I. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit, so I am going to have fun with the discourse with this one specifically. Interesting. Um, Real quick, do you know who our guest star is this week? Uh, it's definitely not Bryce Carmody because that's our, our patron saint, David Herman. Uh, but I would guess mm-hmm. it's Reverend Neely, right, Mark? You would guess right. And I bet you can't guess who he is because it threw me for a loop. I actually had to do some like research this week. <laughs> I recognize the name, but I have no idea why, other than he's probably been on BET. Okay, well, that's not wrong. Um, yeah, no, he's the rapper. No, like Big I thought, was, yeah, as I say, isn't wasn't he a host of a show on BET, or am I thinking of someone else? Oh, he might have been. Yeah, I thought you okay. meant like he was going to appear in like a music video on BET, and I'm like, well, oh god, sure he did, oh, yeah. Oh god, no, that is super racist. No, he's a he's a he's a fucking rapper named Big Boy. Of course, he's gonna show up on a fucking BET like. God, well, yes, but <laughs> but like, that shouldn't be the only way that, I know him. Well, I looked up his. Well, you're also not a, you're also not into rap anyway, so I'd be surprised if you did uh, recognize fair. him outright. But <laughs> fair, fair. Anyway, sorry. Give me give me some info on Big Boy here. I got nothing. That's just he's the rapper Big Boy. Um, he's done a bunch of crap that I. I'm not familiar with, and yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, all right then. Um, sorry, I had him pulled up, and my fucking thing jumped. Now nah, you're good. You're good. Well, synopsis it, for this week's yeah, episode: The Hills join a new mega church in Arlen when they aren't allowed to reserve pews at their regular church. Uh, that's. I mean, there's no real B story in this, unless you want to count the like weird little sub threads that happen in the first five minutes where Hank. Hank goes around and tries everybody's church. But that's not a B story. That's an A sub one. I'd say that's A prime. Like Exactly. Like, yeah, if it's yeah. it's not even really an offshoot here. Uh, but our A story characters are the Hill family, Hank, Peggy, Bobby. Um, let's jump right into some notes. And oh, I've got some, some depressing notes. Well, take it away, baby. Uh, well, it's, but well, you got to sing it. You got to have... sing them, though. I'm not going to sing them, but I have my first one here. It's really only one depressing one, and it's just the state of organized religion in America um, has led to some just gross, gross amounts of wealth hoarding when it comes to things. Yeah. So uh, I, I, yeah, I picked I picked three specific mega church leaders and gave their name and their net worth currently. And so we'll go through here. Joel Osteen. I believe he practices in Texas. Uh, he is currently worth $40 million. Pat oh. Robertson, also from Texas, is currently worth $100 million. And the the most valuable pastor in America is Kenneth Copeland. Um, a lot of you guys would notice him from uh, TikTok or from Reddit or any... Basically, anytime somebody talks about, uh, a, like the worst pastor in the world, like the one that just, he he snags as much possible money and tithing from his parishioners as possible. It's this guy, 
because he looks like um, permanently transformed, like ring obsessed Bilbo Baggins while he's in Rivendell. Like this dude is just his face is constantly in that like frozen. I'm going to get you, my precious like face. Am I wrong? Am I yeah. like correct me if I'm wrong, Mark? Dude, if any that... of you guys okay, here so follow gonna... Copeland, then you have to solve this for me. But <laughs> no, not at all. I, I was going to say, dude, like it's amazing to me how bad like church money makes people look like fucking demons. Um, yeah. I was thinking about um, uh, Tammy Faye Baker. Look, right now, okay. Johnny, pull up your phone and look up a picture of Tammy Faye Baker. She's a goblin woman drenched in makeup. It is in, literally like they had it set on horror every morning when she puts on her makeup. Like, <laughs> Good lord. Okay. Yep. Wow. <laughs> yeah, okay. right? Like... Um, but so, I mean, there's, there's stupid amounts of money in in religion and honestly i whether you guys believe this or not i'm going to stick to my guns here and say that if you want your your religious exemptions and stuff included in the laws like the supreme court as of this recording just passed a law saying hey you can't compel someone to make a website if it's if they feel like it's violating their freedom of speech and making somebody create a website for gay people may violate their freedom of speech if they don't feel like it so, like, if you're going to start inserting your religion into politics and into how laws are written and everything else, then you should be taxed. Did you know that Thousand the, percent. the Church of Latter-day Saints has over a billion dollars? And they're not taxed on any of it. Yeah. 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 Like, it's, it's just like, you guys you should not be able to have your cake and eat it, too. I'm sorry. That's not how this should work. Um, I or, am fortunate or, no, enough. Or, or, or. Or have your cake, but you need to give that cake to the people who you're supposed to be giving it to, not to your goddamn yeah. Joel Osteen, not to your, like, private jet because you can't ride on the demon-fested tube. We all saw the video. Fuck you, Kenneth Copeland. Like, yeah. and this is, like, this is me, like, from a completely objective standpoint. Like, the the, sure. the point of, of, of tithe and offering in church, the 10%, was an initial tax to pay for, like, it's what the clergy made. That's how the clergy made its money, you know, in the ancient times. And then right. that was also put back into the temple and then redistributed as like alms for the poor, you know, like. Yeah, or improvements to the church, now, things like that. Yeah. You know what? I would even say you don't get to improve the church. The church ought to be a bare minimum, like stone edifice. That's it. Like, especially if it's Christian, like all this shit that Jesus talked about, you know, like not hoarding wealth and everything. And then you see these Austin, like, you know, it was like when Notre Dame burnt down. Yeah. You weep for the history that was lost, but also fuck them. Like mm. that didn't even make a dent in the Catholic church's pocket, you know? And right. What, what is it? LDS like touts that like, Oh, we give back 32 million in, in needy. It's like, fuck you. $32 million is nothing to a billion dollars. That is nothing yeah, at you, all. Like, you guys are holding on to a billion like exactly yeah. well, well, yeah. what's that 10 percent of that would be like what a hundred million dollars right would be yeah 10 percent of a billion yeah like it's it's disgusting and that's the last i'm gonna talk about that <laughs> yeah so i it's like it's interesting to see that the the rise of mega churches is it's only continued like they're they're just as big and and obnoxious as they were when this episode came out almost 20 years ago um they're everywhere. Uh, it, I, in I, I live I live in Germany, guys, and it might interest some of you to know that in Germany, when you go and apply for citizenship, or if you applied for a work visa or a permit or any, anything else, I had to tell them if I was affiliated with a, with a church, um, because there are certain specific churches that require a different tax bracket in Germany. 
because they know you're going to give a certain amount of your money in tithing to that church. And so they're either going to tax you more or tax you less based off of it. Um, I, I thought that was super interesting and it's a way of kind of keeping everything above board. Cool. Like, you, we, you know, you want to identify as this and you want to um, tell everybody all about it and you want to go around and, and be this person, preach this word. That's fine. But you also have specific things that you're going to have to pay for when it comes down to that. If you need assistance, then go to your church. They should be the ones helping you out with that if you can't afford it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. Okay. Anyway, that's that's like my super depressing note, which it's not really that depressing. It just sucks that there's so much money in the hands of like so few people. And we look at religion as as the great equalizer, right? It's supposed to be what helps the needy, what helps the poor. Religion is supposed to be what represents the absolute best in what humanity has to offer. And yet it's just become a bunch of dragons hoarding their gold. Um, yeah, we've got yeah, a couple. Um, we've got a couple of music cues here. We have baby come back mm-hmm. by player. Um, oh, I know okay. this song. I recognize this song from the very first Shia LaBeouf Transformers movie because it's playing when Megan Fox walks away from him the first time on Bumblebee's radio, it's intentional. Um, it's great. <laughs> it's every time I hear it, that's what I think of. And then I have another association with our other music cute day by day from the, the musical Godspell. They're definitely singing okay. that at one point. And every time I hear that, I cannot help but think of the movie wet, hot American summer and anybody who hasn't hasn't watched it really needs to go and watch it. Um, Michael Ian Black, Michael Showalter, um, John Benjamin, uh, Christopher Maloney, Christopher Maloney, Amy Poehler. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Bradley Janine Cooper's Garofalo. first official. <laughs> oh my God, you said it right, Mark. I know. <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Bradley Cooper's very first film role because he literally graduated, like skipped his graduation from acting school to go and start filming it. Oh, wow. That's a baller yeah. move right there. Wow, yeah. look at you go. Like, That's holy awesome. shit, dude. Uh, guys, if if you have laughed at anything on TV in the last probably 20 years, chances are somebody that you laughed at was involved in the creation of this movie. Um, there's so many people. It's Paul Rudd looking like he does now, which is also how he looked 40 years ago. Like, the dude just doesn't age. And mm-hmm. he's incredible. Go watch Wet Hot American Summer. The the sequels and spinoffs and TV shows that they did on Netflix are okay, but just go watch the original one. Um, Amy Poehler with a giant gap in her teeth is how you know you're watching the correct thing. Uh, last note here, new restaurant <laughs> alert. We have Javaluya, the, the coffee shop. <laughs> I thought it was great, dude. That is... That yes. is great. I, good looking out, man. I didn't. I didn't catch that. It's weird. <laughs> I actually watch these. I watch these at home on a TV, like the way that nature intended. And yes. I feel like I missed more shit watching it that way. I don't. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> on my phone at work is the way to do. I don't know. It's crazy. Oh, um, yeah. So I mean, those are my notes. Real quick before I I, I dip off of this, if if I don't know if you're going to mention it or not, or if you even have any desire or interest in this particular show. If you guys are interested about watching a, a TV show that surrounds a mega church, go and watch The Righteous Gemstones on HBO. It is fan fucking tastic. Is it any good? I keep seeing it, and I just 
I'm afraid I, to like it because it's what Danny McBride and Will Ferrell, right? And like, it's not Will Ferrell. It's Danny McBride and not John Will Goodman. Ferrell. I thought Will Ferrell. Okay, okay, that's okay. Interesting. Um, it's it's also got one of the guys from Workaholics in it. Um, it's Adam Adam Devine. Devine. Hmm. Okay. Um, he's one of the main characters in it. Um. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the rise of this megachurch family, and it, it has its, like, serious moments, and it's got its ridiculous, like, stupid moments. Um, it really shows the over-excess of what these people can do with the money that they have. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's, it's a solid, solid HBO show. I think they just started their third season, third or fourth season, uh, like, a couple weeks ago. But uh, I have not been let down by any of it. There's there's some fun like crime elements in in it, and yeah, it's it's interesting. But yeah, if if the idea of of following around a megachurch pastor interests you at all, I would recommend it. I really like John Goodman. It's one of the best things I've seen him in in years. But okay. uh, Mark notes. Um, some notes. When's the last time we saw Stroop? I want to say, um, or even like when they went to, or even the last time they like went to church as a point. And I want to say it was in Reborn to be Wild. That might be, yeah, that might be I was hard pressed to like, yeah, Um, unless Good Buck came out before that, but I'm pretty sure it didn't. So the last time we saw Stroop was, the the Hills weren't going to church, but we saw her when Bill is volunteering and he does Harmonaholics. So we saw her up right. about a season ago, but yeah, the, okay. the Hills okay. haven't gone to church in a long time. I just, it's amazing to me how, I think I even called this out and we're born to be wild. Like Hank goes to church more than he goes hunting and Hank doesn't go hunting ever, you know, like, yeah. um, or I think I misquoted it, but you know what I'm trying to say there. Um, oh, yeah. to that yeah. end though, it's literally, this is just a plot point. Like this isn't like. I'm going to call, I know we always like make Simpsons references and stuff, but like this isn't them going to the like, this isn't the Simpsons going to church because they go like every week and every week we see how much the kids hate it. And every week we see how much Marge like beats it in. Like it's just part of it. Especially early Simpsons. I'd I'd even say now, like, I mean, not now. I haven't watched a new episode in a couple years, but like I, 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 they're always there. They're just always at church, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, we're gonna lead the empty life of secular humanist. Fuck you, Peggy. Hail Satan. That's the way to go. Um, is this the worst bad brain Peggyist that we've ever seen Hank get over literally nothing at all? Like, what's the premise of this? They gotta sit in the back for an hour, and that's the pro. I just for one for I don't know. one time, right? One, because yeah, in like theory, one time. In theory, they're not going to be late next Sunday, so they would be in their 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 quote unquote seats. Yeah. Yeah, I also have a continuity error really quick, and I'm just gonna call it out. Why were they late? I don't know. Because Bobby didn't set the clocks right. It's spring forward, not uh, spring back. So right, it's springtime. Right, right, right. Um Lucky gets the drop on Hank. What's Hank doing? He's watching football. There's no football in the spring. This episode... Ooh. This episode can't even fucking follow, like, basic timeline rules. Like, it's just... Let's okay. just mash fucking ideas into something and make it a half-baked, not-even-formed, unleavened piece of shit. There, there's just... Somebody's dropping the ball here because we know that the only... Like, football's not the only sport that Hank watches. 
Uh, he could be watching a Rangers game. He could be watching golf. He, we know he watches both of those. Like, you can pick literally yeah. any other spring sport, but no, you had to do football because then Lucky gets the stupid line of, well, they do Monday night football on Sundays now. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's... I just... Sorry. No, I, you know, I like, I, um, I know we're saying we're not like keeping up with continuity because at this point it's kind of hard to do because of just, you know, the way that episodes were released and we're into the end of season 10 now and it just, it's not the same. This isn't continuity. This is basic. This is basic setting. What's the first thing you do is you write down like the location and the date, you know, like, yeah. And this is what we're doing. Um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, I, I want to keep giving them the benefit of the doubt here, but we are in 2006 and 2006 has told me at least one specific thing. We only got five seasons of original Futurama. It is all completely done at this point, meaning they've had at minimum a year to go. Cool. Futurama is completely done. And they spent five years building things in like nib- like Nibbler showing up in the pilot and then paying it off three seasons later. They have the ability to do this. They just don't want to. And they're being lazy. I, yeah, I think so. Is it, I think that's exactly what it is. Like, it's just... Yeah. I don't know, man. I I got a lot of problems with this, but most of all, that. Like, they just... You didn't even, like... You didn't even proofread it, man. Like, and it's such a little thing. It means nothing at all, but, like... God damn, dude. You know what I mean? Um. Anyway. Yeah. Um, you need to ask yourself, what would Jesus do? Who the fuck cares? This entire episode is a slap in the face of anything that Jesus even talked about. You know? Yeah. Listeners, y'all know, I'm real anti-religion, but I'm real pro-faith. You need to have something inside of you that makes you be at least accountable in in the higher scope, you know? And whatever whatever that is, it's cool. And, like, honestly, whatever Jesus talked about was pretty much, by and large, good things, you know? You help yeah. the less fortunate, you don't be a dick, and you sure as shit don't run around towns espousing my stupidity because that's a really good way to alienate yourself and turn people off my cause. Oh, wait, we didn't listen to that bit either. Instead, we're holed up in our, like, mega churches. Pat Robertson, you piece of shit. Rest in piss. Anyway, this entire episode is like, it, it just disregards anything that Jesus would do. And it's so petty. Mm. It's all so petty, and I just really don't care for it. Um, how the hell do you assign 5,000 seats? That makes no sense. Yeah. Is it, is it, so, okay, my, my only thought is that, like, um, um, you know, sporting events, you get a ticket and you go to your seat, so is that what happens? You gotta get a ticket to come in or something, and they hand it to you and you go, all right, you're C-37. I don't know, I don't care, I just don't get it. Um, you won't believe what quarterback is gay. And for the ninth time in this series, I wrote the joke, it's Tony Romo. I don't know why. I don't. Once upon a time, I heard that Tony Romo was gay, and I believe it to this day. You can't tell me he's not. Like It's, it's just funny that you keep making that joke because he was a cowboy. I don't know. I just, it, I don't know. I don't know why that sticks with me. Listeners, is, is Tony Romo gay? Is that something that happened in... I don't know. I don't care. Maybe I should cut that bit out, but whatever. Um, finally, this episode jumps its own shark. I guess it's a miracle. Okay. I, I just, I don't know. Like, the entire, like, no, talk Peggy, to me about it. I don't know. The entire Peggy. So, okay, so I think you were right. I think that you were right and I was wrong when you said Hank, like, tripping through the church multiverse was an A sub one. Um, And then I think that Peggy... 
as like Grima Wormtongue of whatever the hell she's doing <laughs> is a sub one two or a sub okay. two, I guess. So and then like the two coat they they tie together. Um, but it's just like it's amazing to me how quick it just goes south, and it's just I don't know, I. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, it, okay. I don't know. I I don't know what to say about this one because like it's obnoxious. Everybody on all cylinders fires obnoxiously. Yeah. You know, Luann is back and she's obnoxious, and Lucky's back, and he is the only one that actually hits it right. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But I don't know. Anyway, give me some of your pros, dude, because. Yeah. Tell me the good news, brother. Tell me the good news. <laughs> um, well, some of this good news and some of these pros here, are they're going to affirm what you just said in your notes. And so, um, like the first one here, Hank is a jackass. He deserves all the judgment he can possibly get from Stroop for wanting to save his seat at the pew. Like you, like you had mentioned earlier, it is one week and you're really going to throw a tantrum over this? That I would also do the same thing that Stroop did. Like, get over it. They're new to our church. You need to be more welcoming. And if you don't like it, then show up earlier. We don't have a signed seat. Like, go, Hank is Hank is a jackass. And so I appreciate that this is a, it's a very much like, I don't feel bad for him, especially when he has to eat crow and doesn't like the new church that he went to. And then he ultimately, mm-hmm. like, I hate that he ultimately wins in the end and, and gets to play his, well... Uh, maybe I'll just tell Bill about this, and maybe I'll just tell Dale about that, and all this and that. I I don't appreciate that in the end, but I don't know. To me, he definitely has to to put up with some stupid shit because he decided to be obstinate about it. Um, I think it's a pro that they that they went into everyone in Strickland having their own church. So Donna's got a different one than Joe Jack, and Joe Jack's got a different one than Enrique, and they all have a different one than Buck. And not only that did they name it, but we actually got to see them all. Like, somebody took the time to go and make this a little tiny scene for each of them, and I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Specifically the, uh, I think it's Donna, that's where you hear day by day. It's the, I, I go to one that's a solid, yeah. it's like a solid steel church or whatever, and then he opens the door and hears them singing day by day and goes, absolutely not, and doesn't even bother going in. <laughs> that's where you pulled that cue. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yes. Right. When you said that, I was like, I honestly thought it was playing in um, uh, the coffee shop, and I was like, "Damn, Johnny, that's some that's some good looking out, buddy. What way to go? Okay, cool. Right gotcha." On, but no, so I just I really appreciated that little bit. Like, not only did you let everybody say that they've got their own specific church, but you also let, got to see them all. Um, as weird as this sounds, I'm glad that nobody at Strickland is not is is not Christian. Because yeah, I feel like it would have been of Christian. It would have been out of place to make a joke about Hank trying to walk into a synagogue or Hank trying to walk into a mosque or something like that, like a Buddhist temple. It it would have been out of place for that. Um, and it <laughs> wouldn't have been nearly as funny as him just going, God, there's a lot of different weird fucking Christians out here. <laughs> or 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 that's a con because we didn't get uh, Howard Adderley taking Hank to synagogue and then Hank going, Why am I wearing the hat? <laughs> it's true that's holy shit okay well we also missed Khan taking him to the buddhist temple um i bet you i bet you hank like still has a bad taste in his mouth from uh saying lug oh probably that uh, probably 
Um, but you know what, favorite... too? That would have been a that would have been a really cool little deal. Now you come with me, redneck. I show you path to enlightenment. Like that'd be yes. great. Um, only if he sees Dale there, because you know he 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 doesn't do things. It, it, it does. They don't. They just happen through him. Um, my favorite. <laughs> I like to think my... that Dale goes to like Arlen Buddhist. Yeah, that'd be great. Like he just goes there and like meditates. It'd be. <laughs> he he like, wants to nose hair away from enlightenment. Yeah, and he fell into it when he had to like spray the church for like June bugs that one time, or the temple for June bugs one time, and he's like, "Wow, this place is nice. I can oh, hear yeah. myself think." Like, yeah, that'd be kind of, yeah. kind of fun. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's two thousand five. You can't be a different religion in two thousand five, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You just can't be Muslim in two thousand and five. It's fine. Oh, um, God, yep. <laughs> out of everybody at Strickland, though, Buck is probably my favorite because it's the most spot on to me. The fact that he goes to a. a tent revival the Episcopalian yeah yeah that just that fits so well with him um let's be real you and I are both lucky you and I are both his way of church Jesus and God are with us wherever we go we basically just walk around not being shitty to people that seems to me like what Lucky does yeah and yeah (laughs) yeah so that's a it's a pro to me that I basically got to see my religion on TV <laughs> That's cool. At least the way the way that I choose to 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 worship or whatever. Uh, and my last your pro belief here... system, not your religion, but I, I I'm gonna call that one out. It's Thank not you. your religion, dude. It's your it's your core belief value system. Yes, like, my my yeah. my spirituality. Yes, there you are, good um, man. Thank you. And my last one, it's a pro here because I, it's gonna take some doing because it doesn't. It's harder to find. And it's much more expensive here in Germany. But holy shit, do I want a French dip with an entire pound of roast beef? Oh, man. <laughs> like, that invoked something in me when I watched this that I was like, I want that. I want that now. Like, I want an entire pound of roast beef. When I decide I want to be American as fuck over here, that's what's going to happen. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> um, those, those are my pros for this episode, buddy. Give me what you got. Um, pros, um, Peggy's hubris in the beginning. If God doesn't want us to go, he sure has given me a lot of green lights. And then literally God smites her down, (laughs) hits her with the, hits her with both a red light and then a train. All right. Like I saw this one come up. I'm like, I don't think I like this one. I don't really remember it. And and then I saw that and was like, okay, you know what? Cautiously optimistic. Um, uh, Hank rocking his own shit at Enrique's church when he goes to kneel and like chin jacks himself. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, guaranteed Enrique <laughs> goes to a Catholic church because that that's the only ones that I was raised Catholic guys were the only ones that do that much standing, sitting and kneeling. <laughs> I used to have a, I'm going to tell I'm going to share a story if you don't mind. I'm going to share yeah. a lot of church stories tonight, guys buckle up. But this one, um, I've been to every one of these churches that they go to, every single one of them. Um, I had a buddy who used to live right next door to an Episcopalian Mexican church. So Whoa. that is loud. That is yelling. That is speaking in Mexican tongues. It is insanity. And let me tell you, dude, there is no worse trip in the world than trying to hang a piss while you hear Mexicans screaming about the power and love and terror <laughs> of Jesus Christ. And you speak really good Spanish, but when you're high, you speak even better Spanish. So I'm sitting there holding my dick crying, thinking that I've offended Jesus. I'm like, wait a minute. You don't speak Spanish, Mark. Knock it off. This isn't you. 
Wow. Literally right next, right next door to him, and like I was, I just remember being cryptically high, like hanging a piss, and they're just like, "Without Jesus in your life, you are nothing, and you will suffer eternity in hell." And I'm like. Oh, God. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Stop it. Come back down to earth. (laughs) I walk out and I'm like, dude, Josh, how does that church not drive you nuts? It's like, oh, dude, we've complained to the city. (laughs) Because this is also this is also like number one. This was summer vacation. So don't think that I'm just some DJ getting high at three in the afternoon. No, no, no. I got you. But like they had service like 20 times a week. And he's like, yeah, we're trying to like do anything for it. And they won't even like put up a wall. Like, to dampen sound. Wow. It's Yeah. Yeah. And it was in, like, a weird, like, steel building, so it just echoed anyway. Um, um, Hank's standing in the alley with the uh, rattlesnakes beeper, and Bill goes, It's like being paged by God without being killed. That's a really good line. I like that line a yes. lot. Um, on my last pro, I like the Reverend. He's the rapper Big Boy, and we already talked about how little we don't know him, but I like the character. I think he's written well, and I think that he's... Yeah. I, I like him. Um, Side tangent to that, though, do you think that maybe this is where... So, let's say in an alternate timeline, Racist Dog doesn't exist because it doesn't need to, Um, but you still gotta give Bernie Mac some of that sweet, sweet money. Is, is this where you would cast Bernie Mac? Because Bernie Mac is a preacher... He does pretty solidly. I've seen him do it a couple times before, and uh, maybe. Yeah, Honestly, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be a bad fit for him. Um, he definitely yeah, has the I'm vocal saying. range for it. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just kind of be a little bit, be a little bit cooler to see. Um, how about your cons, man? Um, cons here okay um reverend stroop did us all a disservice we were robbed of open mic sundays with peggy and i'm mad about it (laughs) i'm absolutely pissed off about it um and my last con here it's it's a kind of a question for you but are is this episode being mean to peggy is this somebody writing peggy to be just shitty or have i just not seen her be this obnoxious for a while no she's intentionally written shitty Okay, I was going to say, I needed you to help me discern this because there are moments where Peggy does get high on her own supply and she knows what, like, she doesn't know what she's doing is is way too much and that's part of her charm, right? Because she can dig herself into these ridiculous situations without realizing it because she is, her heart is in a good place. But Full this one, it jacket. seems like, it, exactly. But this one, it seems like she should know better. Like, there are certain times where the, the phone call, the phone call that the Reverend has where he's trying to console the parishioner and she just keeps asking for it, like, which bingo card do you like better? I need your signatures here, here, and here. Oh, I'm going to, like, close the door and pick up the phone and listen, too, because that's clearly what you want. No, you you know better, Peggy. You should know to read the room. But I, I feel like we haven't seen this level of Peggy for a little while, so I needed to bounce it off you before I really determined if it was a con. And it is a con, then. If they're writing her shitty, then it's unnecessary. Yeah, like, because I, I, you know, best intentions starting out, but like, even then it's not, it's Peggy needs to be needed, or maybe I don't even think she needs it, I think she like, that's her, you know, that's her precious, that's her Bilbo bag and grabbing for it in Rivendell face, like, right, is right. anywhere she can just show up and be there, like, also, we didn't call out, this is, is this a Peggy gets a job episode? It kind of is, yeah. 
Like it's yeah. it's Peggy assimilates a job. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's Peggy. <laughs> Peggy is Christianity. She knocks on her door on your door, lets herself in, and then doesn't leave. I almost want to say that who, however they've been writing her, like they need to take the joke back one step. Like if you take it back every one week, step, yeah. every time, it, it, one step for every time that she's, they're trying to make her the butt of the joke, then it's, it's way less cruel and it's, but you still get the same effect. You know, it doesn't feel like it's overkill. Okay. Peggy, not under like Peggy interrupting and getting the signatures. That's fine. Interrupting again and getting the bingo cards. That's fine. We're finally getting that. Nope, I need you need to step out of the door and actually doing it instead of closing it, and picking up the phone. I'm okay with that. It's the one one step too far for me. That is really pushing this over the edge. To, okay, now I see why people really hate fucking Peggy. I see why yeah. my wife can't watch this show with me because she cannot stand Peggy because it's really hard to watch her, especially in these later seasons. Well, and we've talked a lot about how, like, I think Peggy might be my favorite character in the show, you know? And then you see yeah. things like this, and it's like, I understand, it's, I'm, it, really what you're saying is I understand where people are coming away with this at, like. Yeah. I can't, I, yeah. I am learning not to fault people for hating her, because she is written to be hated at this point, so. By, by now she is, yeah. I, up until now, though, I would say, up until this last season here, she has been, like, I, I don't know. I still maintain Peggy is a good mother. She is a good wife. She is a good yeah. woman. Just she's a good she neighbor. Gets misguided for the most part. And yeah, for the most part, yeah. Like you know, and like the shit where you see her being quote unquote Peggy Hilly about is like a race to donate the most blood, or 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 pinning war medals on a float. And I'm gonna maintain that is bad brain Peggy shit like that. And like yeah, but this isn't. This is her being intentionally written shittily. Yeah. Yeah, but those are my, so those are my cons, man. Um, tell me what uh, tell me what you got here. Um, shy of railing on anything, the mega church in general, the entire atmosphere is gross and disgusting, and blow it all up, and then tax the shit out of the ruins. Actually, tax it, then blow it up, and then tax the ruins. Um, I've lived this episode, every single aspect of it: the church hopping, the petty bullshit, the Bryce character. All of it, and I hate it. Yeah. This episode triggered me in a way that I didn't think I could be triggered here 20 years later. I've been to church and like a Christian church in fuck. long time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, the last the last church thing I did was when I started at Adams, and I got tricked by David Trudeau to going to student the the student Catholic mass. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> that was in 2007. So bear that as thou wilt. And I guess I watched a production of Our Town with my mom in a church, but I'm not counting that. It was just double bad because Our Town. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Bryce, the character of Bryce. I get it. You did cocaine, and you're 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 just subbing one vice for another. And oh boy, aren't we so glad that goddamn we read that note and decided to write next week's episode about that. I just, it's annoying. Um. General Khan, and this might be a continuity or maybe I'm just being an asshole. Hank didn't smell Lucky in the house when Hank was in the house. I'm sorry. I just assume mm. that you can smell when Lucky's around. He smells like B.O., <laughs> grease, and motor oil. Smells like pretty, pretty truck, truck. B.O., grease, and oil. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Side con, how many yeast infections does Luann have? I don't want to talk about it. I just imagine Lucky doesn't wash his hands a lot going off my last note, and I'm going to cut that out. That's just for you and me. Um, <laughs> sweeping con, 
biggest con of all, and I kind of alluded to it already, but Lucky is the only one who is correct in this episode. Your faith is a personal thing, and it does not come from a fucking building. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, you pretty much already nailed it, and it was a pro for you. It's a con for me because I hate Lucky so goddamn much, but... <laughs> I I can understand that. Damn it! You know, you know the the worst guy. The worst guy you know is right at least once. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, favorite moments? Uh, I've only got one here. It's a Hank line, and he is half drunk when he says it. You can keep being mad at me, but I'm gonna sit down and rest my eyes for a while. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> hey, can I, we I talk like about Lucky moment. and Hank palling around? Sorry, I cut you off. Yeah, you yeah no. No, 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 no. It's a perfect segue into that. Yeah, let's, please let's do, because I didn't think I was going to enjoy that as much as I did. And yet, I love it when we see Drunk Hank. Like, that's almost always a telltale that something is going right in an episode. Um, I, yeah. Yeah, I would absolutely yeah. go and, and, and get drunk with Lucky and, and eat one pound French dips and just enjoy my Sunday with him, especially if he did it under the guise of religion. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could worship at that every week. <laughs> New plan. We're just going to start recording on Sunday mornings and we're going to eat a uh, French dip as we do it. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> uh, favorite moment for you, buddy. Well, I just realized I'm ordained. So this is technically church if we don't think about it too hard. I'm ordained too. We're just we're having a clergyman so, meeting. This is turbo church. We ought to fucking apply for tax exempt. I got my guys, satanic Bible right next to me, so yeah, let's yeah, here we go. Guys, I please am send all I am partaking tithing. communion of the coors and coffee and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> please send all tithing to the uh, uh incoming Patreon for Dangle Podcast. We are the Church of Arlen. None of it's tax exempt, so don't even ask. <laughs> I think you don't have to tax Patreon if it's under a certain amount, right? Yeah, we got this. Sure. Anyway, <laughs> um, no, I like Hank and Lucky dicking around at the bar. That's kind of, it's all right. Good, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a weird moment to be all right with a Lucky scene, but it is. <laughs> It's also the the what third time we've seen him now, so I guess it's, or no fourth time, third time, so last week, um, this week, last week, um, chip off the line and then redneck. So fourth time we've seen Lucky. Fourth time, yep. Yeah. Yeah, Please he is. Have I mean, another beer. Hmm? He is definitely working his way into the 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 King of the Hill family unit. Yeah, it's kind of. I'm not going to say cool to see. Like, he apparently has a key to the house, and he's there when Luann isn't, and that's troubling. Anyway, um, you got a favorite? Or no, you already told me your favorite moment. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. I don't, so I'm not going to mention one other than Hank hitting his head at the, or hitting his chin and <laughs> knocking himself out, but I'm not going to count that. That was just a funny bit, but. Okay. Oh, that's wait, fair. I lied. I lied. I got a second side underscore pro. Um, Luann going, you're an apostate. That's a Bible word, meaning you're going to hell. <laughs> that's, is, that okay, a, is that what an apostate is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One who has left their uh, religious order and practices either freely or in a different faith is an apostate. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. 
she she's actually not wrong there, which is weirdly surprising. I mean, it is religion. It's like the one thing Luann knows better than anything else. Well, and hairdresser. Hair. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look at us go. <laughs> um, do you want to break down our rating, buddy? Sure, sure. So at the very bottom here, uh, we have our charcoal rating. This is an episode of King of the Hill that is considered a failure. Uh, it's not a good representation of the show. It's not very good watching for TV. A charcoal episode is one that you might watch might watch one time on your initial run through the series, but you're never going to go back to it. You're definitely never going to seek it out. After that, we've got our megalo rating. This is kind of like our bronze medal. A megalo episode is not much better than a charcoal, but hey, at least it's got a couple of funnier jokes. Um, you're not going to seek this one out either, but... It'll, it'll hold your attention a little bit longer. It's, you're going to second-guess yourself and go, wait, do I really not like this one? And then 20 minutes later, you're going to go, oh, why did I watch that again? After that, you got a butane. A butane level is our silver level. It's a bastard episode, just like butane's a bastard gas. You hate to love it. You love to hate it. Butanes are middle of the road. This is your basic standard watching of TV. Um, this is something you turn on, you can have in the background. You're not really paying attention, but every now and then, a funny joke catches your, your eye or... Um, a fun guest star pops up and you go, oh shit, I forgot they were in here. Uh, who knew that Big Boy was in King of the Hill? I didn't know Big Boy was in King of the Hill. Butane episodes, they're, uh, they're a dime a dozen. There's a lot of them, uh, but it's just TV. After that, you got your Charking episodes. These are the gold standard of King of the Hill. A Charking episode is one that represents the best and brightest of King of the Hill in great storylines, really great guest stars. It's got a fun little twist on a sitcom trope, something to that effect. If Mark and I both agree that an episode's a charking becomes an Imperial. Imperials are some of the absolute best episodes of King of the Hill. The only thing that sets them apart from that and our highest rating is you need a little bit of context to fully appreciate a charking Imperial. Uh, for example, some of you guys would really enjoy uh, Dale the Exterminator, um, but you wouldn't enjoy it nearly as much if you didn't understand just how crazy Dale is or if you hadn't watched Office Space. After that, you've got your Blue Flame of Valor. The Blue Flame of Valor is the S-rank absolute best episodes of King of the Hill. These are the ones that you show to other people to get them interested in this show. These are the cherry-picked ones that, that you everybody's got them from their favorite TV series. If I ever had to equate this to another TV series that I want someone to start watching, I'm always going to show somebody that's never watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia the Char D. McDennis episode because it gives you a little taste of everybody in the episode. And you're going to find out why that it's so much fun. That's the board game one, right? It is the board game one. Do you have an episode of a TV show, Mark, that you recommend to people that have never seen a show? Um, no, I don't think I do. Okay. Come back to me. Come back to me. I will. I'm gonna run that on in in the background and try and consider it. Sure, sure. Uh, the other scratch my that, other scratch example. that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. The Rock Lee Garo okay. fight during the tuning exams. That's how you get people into Naruto. Absolute. See, there you go. Like there yeah. are these episodes, yeah, yeah. Of, and Blue Flames, <laughs> Blue Flame of Valor is is what represents the the best about King of the Hill. It's the it's the best of the show. It's the, it's some of the best of TV. So uh, it's Mark, a beer can named of, Desire. It is a beer can named Desire. It's a firefight, and we will go. Um, here, on a here. scale of charcoal to blue flame of valor, what did you give church hopping? Um, I gave it a charcoal. I barely finished it. I hate this episode. Wow. I hate every second of this episode. It is uncomfortable. It is annoying. It is unpleasant. It is premised on stupidity and dumb petty Hank bullshit. And then Hank wins in the end. So there's no good guy. There's no bad guy. There's Hank getting his way. 
So I guess he really is the king of the hill, and in this case, it's a king of the shit hill. It's a charcoal. I'm not going to watch this one again. I will turn this shit off in the purest definition of our rating system. <laughs> I am the most justified in giving this one a charcoal. Like, Wow, okay. We've given a handful of charcoals. I'm amazed at the, the, the... I'm not amazed. King of the Hill is a pretty solid show to begin with, but like I'm pretty impressed by our... The lack of charcoals, and this is... Your your tolerance for bullshit up to this point, yeah. I don't even know if it's tolerance for bullshit. This is just a... It's just bad. Like, man, fucking shame on you, Jim. Like, this is why you don't get to write episodes anymore. Interesting. Well, I definitely gave it a different rating than that. (laughs) What did you give it? Um, I gave it a Buking. Oh and I realize God. that there's there's something in my explanation here that I didn't address too much, so I'm going to address it now as I'm going through this. Um, it okay. This episode gets a puking for me because it made me feel the anxiety and overwhelming nature of of the church when it just keeps asking more and more and more. And, and not that I felt bad for Hank, but I like the mood that it set for that made me so uncomfortable, and I know that that was its point. Um, I thought it did a pretty good job of not glorifying what a megachurch is. I thought they wrote the Reverend character incredibly well, especially with his... Part of it is, you know, he's trying to get Peggy back and get get her the hell away from him. But at the same time, he's also trying to get Hank back to where he is most likely going to be successful, and that is back with Stroop. Um, To me, it's, it's a very friendly, unobstructive way of getting Hank back to reset without having this be a whole big thing. Like th- some of these episodes just end and we're expected to just forget that, that the shit that happened the previous week actually happened. You just got to forget that it happened. This one at least has a pretty good ending to it compared to some okay. of the ones we've been watching. So, okay. I don't know. I did find it very watchable, but I, I some, find something fascinating about spending so much money and putting so much like pomp and circumstance into something like church every Sunday um, it's, I have never, ever been into church. I was, I was baptized Catholic. I, I had to do catechism as a kid. I did a first communion. I did all of that sort of stuff. And even with all of that weird, like rituals and saying rosaries and shit like that, it's never been my forte ever. I've never understood what drags people into it and gets them stuck there. But watching this episode almost makes me understand why you would want to spend so much time at a church. Interesting. Okay. So, um, I, to me, it's it's a King because I, I definitely felt it was a little bit more than an average episode because the writing is a little bit better for me. Um, and so I, I can't just throw it down the middle of the road. And I'm not necessarily going to go and seek this episode out, but I, I think I just I enjoyed it a lot more because of fascination with, with religion. And the way it's still still done, especially in Texas. All right. Well, I think that's totally fair. Yeah. 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 So, um, wow, that's that's like that might be one of the biggest splits that you and I've had for seasons now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm looking back at our score sheet here. So I know Leanne Saga was a big one for us. But, but that was you on a personal level. I think this one might be my Leanne saga because I was, we'll just say it, I was really abused by the uh, Christian church as a kid, like heavily. Oh, sure. And people who, and people who were sure like, you know, saying shit, shit under the guise of, you know, 
Jesus and all this shit. So this one hit me at a different level, I think. But even if it hadn't, it's uncomfortable. And then I get to thinking, like, you know, one that you and I both really hated was um, Perils of Polling. And you were a little bit more generous than I was, but I charcoaled that one. And I think the moral mm. of the story is, unless you're, like, the reincarnation of the Lama Sanglug, you don't talk about politics and you don't talk about religion in your goddamn animated show. Basically, there there is know. one... There is one correct way to do a religion-focused episode, and The Simpsons already did it, by sending their pastor character off to fight monkeys and baboons. (laughs) Mark. And that's when I got mad. (laughs) Mark. Let's let's get out of here so that we can get on to our next episode, yeah? Let's pass the collection plate to our next episode, buddy. All right, this is episode 198. Uh, it Sorry, it, it always confuses me because it's episode 198 and then it goes right into another number, 24-hour propane people. Uh, original air date mark, April 23rd, <laughs> 2006. This is written by Aaron Abrams and Gregory Thompson. Where did we see them last, Mark? I don't know. Um, I tried looking up Aaron Abrams, and I didn't see him on our list, but I know we've seen Gregory Thompson, so that leads me to believe that they are a writing team, and I didn't write it down correctly in our spreadsheet. Interesting. Okay. Um, we're going to do um, a cursory, uh, let's see, a cursory. Oh, wait, here IMDb. we go. Here we go. Hank's back. Hank's back was the last one. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, he is an actor. Aaron Abrams is also an actor that does a bunch of stuff. Um, he's... Apparently the character of Brian Zeller in Hannibal. Okay. I know I watched Hannibal, but I don't recognize that name. Like, at all. Um. Oh, this must be a very different... Never mind. Don't worry. Don't even Don't even worry about it. This is a different Aaron Abrams. Not him? Nope. <laughs> he definitely... That okay. one does writing, but never wrote for King of the Hill. Guys, scratch that. Johnny's being a dumbass. Uh, Aaron Abrams, Gregory Thompson. We Yeah, we, we've seen them before. Mark said the name. I don't remember it. Let's get into a cast. Hank Hill, Peggy Hill, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, <laughs> Boomhauer, Bill Toadshreve, Buck Strickland. This is not right, because Cotton Hill is definitely not in this episode, right? God, I'm glad the wiki can still let us down. Holy what, shit. What is this? This is our like 90th episode, and our, the wiki can still let us down. <laughs> this is like our 95th or 6th episode. Um, Joe Jack, Enrique, Donna, yeah. Bob Jenkins, Keith, and Troy. Um... Yeah. Uh, synopsis here. Buck gets banned from drugstore cowboys and finds a revitalized interest in propane, much to the dismay of Strickland employees. Peggy abuses her press pass. So, our A story this uh, week. Yeah. A story is Hank and Buck. B story, Peggy Bobby. Why don't we just jump right into notes, man? Oh, let's do her. Um... All right, I'm just going to take it away if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, no one's going to strip clubs at 10.30 in the morning. Like, I just, I don't get it. Whatever. I don't care. I just, no one's doing it. Like. Yeah. I, yeah. I, especially on a weekday. Like, maybe you get, like, you know, cesarean scar Tuesdays, but, like, not at 10.30 in the morning. I don't know. Bob Jenkins is here. He makes an appearance. And so already this episode gets a very, very soft megalo in my book. Yep, it's already guaranteed not to be a charcoal. Because <laughs> Bob Jenkins, man. Um, This episode premise is really stupid. Sorry, let me just again. The B plot 
I can't talk, Johnny. The B plot line is really stupid. Um, yeah. How has Peggy not abused her press pass already? Because we already saw in Returning Japanese her going, yeah. her, her like trying to do this. And that was years ago at this point. I don't know. Whatever. I don't care. I don't, I don't think Aaron Abrams has watched an episode of fucking King of the Hill because he also wrote Hank's back. I don't, I just, whatever. Um, What's the worst place to bring, or what's the, what's the worst place or what's the harder place to bring Buck a new pair of pants, Jokester Cowboys or Frozen Cow? Which Ooh. one is grosser? Ooh. Considering why you would need to bring Buck a new pair of pants to both establishments. Uh, I don't want to think about, I don't want to think about either. And then how many times did <laughs> Hank have to bring, how many times did Hank have to bring Buck new pants at Jugstore? Probably too many. If, even if it's one Sorry, time, it's too many my times. My Italian scatter gun misfired. Oh. <laughs> Let's just say he wasn't um, riding a big old block of ice that day. <laughs> His Corky Raywood got it. That's what happened. Um, he got up under more balls than a fidget stripper. Oh. <laughs> Whew, guys, we're trying to find some okay. love here. We really are because there's not a lot to love in this episode. Episode 198 might be where the camel's back broke. That's the strawberry that broke the Mark Jones's back. That's the, ugh, I can't. Um, work shouldn't be fun. You should be able to tolerate it without killing yourself. I've beat this point to death. I don't get Hank. You can't tell me. I don't. Whatever. I don't care. Um. There's like a dozen other strip clubs in Arlen. I get the Jugstore Cowboy is the you know best, best named one, but you can't go to Wheezy's. Or did Wheezy's get shut down? I don't know. Right. I don't care. But whatever. Um. Finally, Donna's married. So I guess we're getting character development. That's kind of something. Yeah. That's something, right? That's that's anything. It's a that's any straw that I can grasp at. That's a nugget. That's a fucking peanut in the poo. Like, <laughs> <sighs> Johnny, what are your notes? I got mad. I got real mad this episode. Um, or I think I was still mad from church hopping. And um, yeah. Uh, so let's see here. New restaurant in Arland, Frozen Cow Creamery. Um, that's gotta be. Okay. It's gotta be. Um, Cold Stone, right? That, that that's what they're talking about with the the mix-ins and the people being obnoxious and yeah, this is two thousand six, so yeah, this is like prime Cold Stone. Gotcha. Time. I this is this is a retro reference rage for a time that we don't remember anymore because like now you have to sing and dance and be degraded at your job anyway. It's not part of like the fun. It's just part of it now. Right. Um. Yeah. We've got a song cue here, Hit Me With Your Best Shot by Pat Benatar. That is what's playing at the strip club when uh, we first see Buck. Um, next note here, mm-hmm. strip mm-hmm. club buffet. Gross. <laughs> there is no way in hell that should be good. Uh, they, did, they, th- I think they did that joke one time where it was successful, and that's what Parks and Rec, where Ron shows up and it's nothing but like a giant steamer tray full of bacon, and he just takes it. Yeah. 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 Like, that's... Um, yeah. I can... Sorry. No, no, no. As I say, that's the only time I've seen that joke be funny and work. It's weird that I've seen it more than once. Yeah, but it's it's part of it. Like they always talk about, like 
they got food there or some shit. Um, I was going to say, um, fabulous TNTs in Colorado Springs 10 years ago, or better than 10 years ago. And I was driving truck for bud. Um, I had to service them a lot. And, um, I like it. I did something. I'd like switch out a CO2 line. And the guy was all like, dude, thank you so much. You saved my ass. Hey man, if you want some breakfast, go for it. And I was starving. It was like nine 30 in the morning. And I, I hadn't eaten. It was like, yeah, man, fuck it. Um, TNT's egg rolls were pretty goddamn all right. Okay. Just going to throw it out there. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, that's, like, I mean, I, I may have to give it a try, but guys, little inside baseball here. Johnny's never been to a strip club. No, Mark, that is not a fucking challenge. Um, <laughs> I don't care for strip clubs. I think the entire premise is flawed, and please don't tell me that you like me because I know I'm not good looking. I know I'm not. Don't <laughs> lie to me. I hate being lied to. Please don't lie to me. Like, you know? I, it's it's going to it's going to make me feel better about myself if you're brutally honest. Tell me exactly what we're both here for. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm here. To look at you. I'm here to switch out a CO2 line and ogle some of the ladies while I'm here. You know, like, yeah. Because um, who doesn't like looking at boobs? But I also have this thing called a cell phone, so you know, yeah, kind of remove the nece- the necessity there. But uh, so I have a question for you. I need you to give me okay. your best cherry-themed ice cream pun. I have two, but I'll give you a second to think about okay. them, and I will come back to that. Uh, but I also have one more question. Would you rather have a boss like Buck, like friendly Buck here, or would you rather just have one that's a total hard-ass? Uh, hard-ass. Okay. Like, the friendly Buck is, not, is, is, is off-putting at best. Like, I, again, you should hate your jobs. You should not be friends with your boss. Like... You know, I that's why I stayed at City Market for seven goddamn years, because I genuinely loved my boss. Like, Fred was, I still, Fred is still one of my better friends in the world, you know? Like, yeah. he's sort of like a mentor and a father figure to me. And that is stupid, and I'm a fucking daddy cuck. Like, that's all there is to it. I'm so fucking, I might, I'm so desperate for father figures, I might as well be a stripper myself. Like, Ooh. but goddamn, man, like, <laughs> I know, I know how mean that was, I'm sorry. No, you're to good. To all stripper listeners, I'm sorry. How about you? Friendly Buck or Asshole Buck? Uh, so, uh, me personally, I'd rather have Friendly Buck. I've had Asshole Buck. I don't like Asshole Buck at all. Asshole Buck ran me out of a, uh, basically an industry that I was in for almost 10 years because he didn't like how friendly I was. Um, I was watching an episode of Letterkenny last night, and I got legitimately triggered because they sit there and they talk about how you know, you could have done this, you could have done that, you could have done this, you could have done that, but nope, you chose to work in labor, so you're going to have to, you don't slow down operations and don't do this and don't do that. No, I'm sorry, every human is fucking different, and that's not how you motivate people and not how you get them, get them to work harder, faster. You can't just keep being an asshole and kicking them in the ass every time they don't get something right. Um, that's yeah, you gotta, No, you got to like praise them, you know, a little bit. You got to do little things. You got to do something. You got to do a little bit. And when I worked in construction in public works, I, I was fine for a long time. And then I had one boss that just, he refused to do anything, but be the hard ass. He refused to help. He refused to do anything for me, to help me, to guide me, to do any of that shit. And it was like, I'm, I am kind of knowledgeable in some of this shit, but even the stuff I'm knowledgeable and you don't give me credit for. So nope. Fuck this. I'd rather have you just be fake as hell to my face. Yeah. I don't know. You got to treat your people right, though. I think that's, I that's, think that's the, the problem. Is yeah, like, that's the overall model. And it isn't, but it isn't pizza parties, though. You know, oh, like, God, treat no. them right in other ways. Like, be flexible in scheduling. Fucking give them a day off on, 
hey man, I know your mom died six times last year, but fuck, dude, just tell me you want the weekend. I'll give you the weekend. I, you know, yeah. you haven't been late in an, a, in a year. I don't care what you do. Like, or hey, dude, you're late every single day, but you still stay 20 minutes late and you do good work for the time you're here. So I'm not going to come down and you like a dickhead. Sure. I think it was a pretty solid boss. I'll be honest. I know. I remember one time I lost my goddamn temper, but we got to, you got to pick your battles, but also you got to pick your battles and you can only use the nuclear option one time before it loses. It's like heat. So to speak, yeah, because I apologize everybody, for the joke, but well, yeah. no, because everybody that survived it the first time knows what's coming the second time. They know that they can survive at that time, too, so uh, it's way less more potent. No, nah, I sent a dude who had been there for 40 years. I sent him home because he uh, talked shit to me on the sales floor. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, give me your cherry-themed ice cream because I know you got one loaded. Um, Cherry-themed ice cream, there's two of them. One of them is um, it's a stripper-themed ice cream. Daddy, pop my cherry sundae. Oh. And then the other one... <laughs> that is awful and i hate how much i love that like it fits so good with this episode holy shit thank you thank you and then my other one is hate rainier on me because i am allergic to cherries and i can tell you as a former produce wizard i had to do so much shit with cherries like this time of the year and i'm so glad that i'm not a produce wizard but the rainier cherries out of washington are Apparently the best, so I get to sneak in an Andrew Jackson Jihad joke with hate Rainier on me. Also, guys, if you're not listening to Andrew Jackson Jihad, go listen to Andrew Jackson Jihad. <laughs> but, Mark, are they as good as a Brayburn? Because I bet you they're not. Um, my two th- cherry-themed ice creams. <laughs> you're comparing apples to cherries. <laughs> um, I, my two, um, one of them comes from me, one of them comes from my wife. The one that comes from my wife is based off of a song from the four... Seasons, um, it's cherry, cherry baby, which I thought was pretty, okay, it was pretty okay. great. Um, <clears throat> Frankie Valley, that was my best falsetto for you guys. And mine is Cherry the Cable Guy. Get her done. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your notes, buddy. Really quick, you just triggered me. I, okay, so, so so that fucking Frankie Valley shit. They used to play an ad every fucking cherry season, and this guy would get on. It's cherry picking time here at City Market, and we've got the best Rainier cherries fresh from Washington. So come on down and grab a bag. And I can hear it in my wow. head. And I'm gonna come up to Germany and choke you because you tripped that <laughs> I'm memory. So sorry. Um, <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, feed me the uh, pro line again. Sorry. Um. Yeah, no, not a problem, buddy. Uh, Mark, give me, give me your notes. Give me your pros. Where are we at? I gave you my notes. My pros are question mark, question mark, question. I literally oh, could not no. find anything in this episode. Okay. I Nothing at all. I couldn't find anything in this episode. Um, <laughs> I guess we can already jump to Mark's conclusion because Mark finished in his pants a little bit too early, <laughs> but oh my God. How about you, buddy? You got any pros? You I got do. anything to make me come around and not be such an asshole? Okay, awesome. I do. Uh, so I cannot stand the frozen cow creamery, and I am 99.99% sure that that is intentional. Um, those people sound like yeah. the fucking worst, and they make me realize they're the fucking worst. So... That's that's a big pro to me. You guys, did, you accomplished what you set out to do. Um, next, costumes. Everybody having to, to dress up. Oh, everybody at Strickland having to dress up in, like, Hawaiian shirts. We love, you and I love, like, costume changes in this show. 
So we get to see mm-hmm. Enrique and Joe Jack and Hank all dressed up in Hawaiian shirts. It's it's fantastic. Um, Peggy's side story is just a rehashing of a Simpsons plot. Uh, all, all it is is Peggy is now uh, Krusty the Clown when Peggy has gone to Krusty's Clown College. And she is just abusing the, the <laughs> local vendors of Arland because of that. Okay. Like, we've literally seen this already. Okay. Okay. How many times, how, how much free shit can I get because I am with X, X organization? Yep, cool. We already see it. Um, a pro here, Dale trying to throw his voice and then just, like, choking on his beer. I like Dale's weird, like, carny tricks that he tries to have. Um, that one just makes me laugh because there's no way in hell anyone's going to believe him because... Dale's voice is so unique. And finally, it is a huge pro to me that somebody had the foresight to make Hank the Strickland Tickler. I want to see that. Because I want to see that so bad. I want to see Hank, knowing that his job is on the line and that this is how he stays in propane, have to tickle a client. I want to see it so bad. (laughs) Uh, all right. Okay. Okay. Uh, cons, buddy. Give me some. Give me some cons. Um, cons. Last week we watched Hank fixes everything, and I railed against the stupidity that was the guys from West Coast Choppers being there. Yes. This episode justifies that episode's existence because that is a better episode than this episode. This episode made me talk good shit about that episode, and I hated that <laughs> fucking episode, and I hate this one even more. Wow. Okay. First con, straight out the gate. Second con, whatever ice cream shop that's supposed to be, you you hit it as a pro. I guess I could backdoor it into a pro. And since we're on the strip club thing, sure, I'll backdoor it as a pro, but still doesn't matter. Ooh. This is the worst Peggy episode, right? This is the worst Peggy we, we get. This is her being intentionally written poorly, and I think we can find our patient zeros in like it's so lazy. where people would hate Peggy. You watch yeah. this episode, it's so lazy. It's so lazy, and it's not even good. And, like, it's not... I understand it. I understand that Peggy Hill can trip on power. Like, we've seen her do it a lot. But this is different. This is just her being stupid. Like, I'm sorry, you can't tell me that this is the first time that... I think that's what bothers me more, is that they're expecting us to be so dumb as to go, Peggy's been at the bystander maybe for a season or two, depending on how the time... Whatever. Peggy's been there for a fucking minute. Um, And, like this is the first time you're going to try it? Like, I don't know. I, you, you know, I'm sorry. It's the bit with like a uh, sports jock and Chad mentioning the Arroyo diner. Right. It's shit like that. Or the barbecue it's, hunt. Um, Nancy's co-host, uh, Miguel Hernandez, you know, anytime I mention this place, I get a free rack of ribs. Yep. Yeah. I think, yeah. Like, and so Peggy gets to do it now and we're out of ideas for, for Peggy. Um, and so this is an episode that needs to have a B-plot because by default, how much can you show Buck abusing his employees? Cool. We'll get a B-plot in here. Um, what's going to have zero consequence? Peggy gets a, got a press pass. Have we explored that? Nah, fuck it. Let's do it. Hooray! Fuck you. Fuck you, Aaron Abrams. Oh, <laughs> you're, our new, you're our new Craig, Aaron. Fucking That's what, Craig. So I'm coming out and saying it right now. Aaron is our new Craig. Um... Maybe I'm bitter because when this episode drops, I will be employed for the first time in eight years. I or unemployed for the first time in eight years. And like, on the one hand, I am grateful that like, by and large, most of the shit that I've had to do for work has not been too degrading, you know? Right. Um, 
But then by the same token, I am not looking forward to trying to find another job. You know what I mean? Right. And I guarantee you, I am not going to fucking sing about, I, I don't know, I'm not going to go apply at Big R and sing about how we're crazy, crazy for feed. Like, <laughs> you know. That's fair. Oh, this episode pisses me off. Um, <laughs> um, I've got a running tally of fuck you, Buck, about 20 times. I don't understand. I don't understand any part of this. Like, leave. Just leave. We found out last week that Enrique or that Joe Jack pulls down what four hundred bucks a week. Yeah, that's you can't make four hundred bucks a week anywhere else in Ireland. I don't know. I <laughs> and the more I think about it, the angrier I get because it's just so inconsequential. All of this is so inconsequential. Buck is not going to learn anything, and the only reason they're up is because it's just lazy. It's just lazy. And like, how is Strickland a business, John Johnny? How the fuck is Strickland a business at this point? And then, and then, and then, and then, there are, what, five branches? Four branches of Strickland? Four. Like, yeah. does he manage every single one this way? How the hell is this man one of the richest people in Arlen, Texas? Like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, I'm ringing the imaginary bell. I'm giving myself the beep. Talk to me about anything at all, please. You got it, buddy. Um, Animation Con, and maybe this is just the, uh, just what I was watching. So, um, it's... It's getting harder and harder for me to watch this show through a streaming service like a legitimate one in Germany because, guys, guess what? King of the Hill doesn't stream in Germany. So I have to use my Hulu account and use a VPN. And even then, that only works about half the time. So the other half the time, I have to go with the bootlegs that I ripped off the internet about 10 years ago. Um, so maybe oh, wow. so maybe this is an animation flub just on me. Um, but... When Bobby says, stop the presses, when he screams, stop the presses, it is like 90% gum in his mouth. Like there's almost no teeth left to it. And it makes his model look so weird. <laughs> and it threw me off, dude. I, Gross. Yeah. I don't, okay. If you didn't okay. notice it, then maybe it is just my copy. Like maybe it's just like the grain on whatever it is I'm watching. Because um, they're definitely not DVD rips. It's like somebody took them straight off of a VHS tape, it feels like. But... It, it was it is bad. Um, Boomhauer owes Southwest Airlines an apology, and you and I could both attest to that because we had a fantastic night flight through them to Kansas City. Um, <laughs> yeah, we did. They were funny. They gave us free drinks. Uh, definitely, when not well, at least one of us didn't need more free drinks. We won't say which one because that's shaming. No, I didn't. <laughs> we, oh, no, listeners, I'll tell you right now, Johnny. So, no, you know what? call it out you want to call it out i'll call you out buddy you said you're gonna get there like at five you left me alone in the goddamn airport for hours to watch the fucking uh golden knights just wave their dick at the kraken because the kraken was still in at this point yep. in the playoff so i sat at three different bars and just kept drinking because i was watching a hockey game and then johnny got there and was mad that i was kind of drunk i'm like hey you left me here what do you think was gonna happen anyway uh, that was oh I'm so sorry Mr. Bear I let you into the candy and meat store and you ate all the candy and meat but you're the asshole because you played into your own hand Mr. Bear you monster <laughs> candy and meat store guys oh. candy and meat what does Mark love he loves fucking hockey and liquor I, god damn it if I can if I can hard hardly endorse anything higher uh, I'm going to endorse taking a night flight like. 10, 11 o'clock, almost red-eye night flight 
from Denver, Colorado to Kansas City, Missouri on Southwest. You're probably going to get the same flight crew we had, was... and they were fucking awesome. And there was, like, no one on the plane. They were great. Yeah, it was, like, us and, like, what, six people? Yes. Like, and we all sat in the... It was, like, you, me, and the dude that I thought was the person we knew from college. Yep. Um. Yeah. And, like, nah, that dude was so great. Our, our, our attendant was amazing. Like... Guys, Mark and I got to recreate a classic King of the Hill scene where I got to drink a beer and he just screamed at me, We're on duty! <laughs> we, we got to sit in the exit row. It was, it was great. Like, in a, in, a, in a trip full of highlights, that was a highlight in the highlight. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so anyway. And it's all thanks to Southwest Airline. Southwest Airline, endorse the Dangle podcast. You <laughs> know you want to. Well, Boomhauer definitely owes them an apology. I don't give a shit if they think it's st- a stand-up night. I thought it was fantastic. Here, here. My last con here, here, here the, yeah. is something that just gave, it made me shudder when I stopped to think about it. Jugstore Cowboys okay. has a 55-gallon drum of disinfectant. Bull. What else are you going to do, dude? <laughs> That's so much. Mark, give me a favorite moment, buddy. I know you got one in here. You have to. I was going to sidebar and say that, like, I can't. Jugstore Cowboy must be doing really good to get that 55-gallon drum. Um, I'm about to brew a batch of beer for the Two Wizards three-year anniversary, and I had to buy uh, disinfectant. And an eight-ounce bottle cost me twenty bucks, so Whoa. I cannot imagine how much that like drum cost. Um, <laughs> um, hey, my favorite moment of this was remembering the amazing flight that you and I took on Southwest Airlines <laughs> just now, just right now in this moment. That was my favorite moment. Oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> how about you, dude? Um, mine is uh, it's a Joe Jack line, a poke a talk tube. just it's it's con con hank is taking joe jack sorry con hank is excuse me con hank says joe jack might need to go to the the urgent urgent care care. this man is hurt at work and you're not even gonna fucking take him to the er like per osha standards that's a con on hank honestly he ought to know better anyway he um, he poked his talk tube uh, Mark, let's give this go- poke this talk to you, <laughs> let's, honey. let's give this thing a rating. I can't really swallow this thing. You go, because we already know what I rated it. <laughs> I gave twenty four hour propane people butane. There's some good here, but I fucking hate buck episodes. Um, tell me anything that's good though, dude. Give me anything that's good. I'm sorry, and it can't be talk tube because you know what? This is only twenty seven <laughs> minutes. Like we are, we are undercutting at this point. Like. We are. I feel like we are shortening our listeners' experience here. Anything good, like, um, okay, okay, so I'm trying to break this down in my head. Okay, so, like, objectively, I'm somebody who's never seen King of the Hill, so. Grown-ass man crying because he can't look at boobs. Okay, pass. Um, grown-ass man. You know what it is? I think I just, you know what it is? This is, this is the blurring of the line. Between Bill and Buck. And the common yeah. factor is Steven Root. And that's why... that's There's the bit there... How's he gonna get all them Oreos in there? Who there he did it! Like, this is one of the billiest moments of Buck's career. This is pant load Buck, man. Like... Uh-huh. Li- literal pant load. He needs Hank to bring him, like, ultra-relaxed fit. Like... <laughs> 
I, Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. And now I'm trying to run the, the, the B line through and like, I guess Bobby's line of I'm pretty full, but I should look at that dessert cart. Okay. Okay, cool. But Bobby's, they're all wasted, dude. Every, I don't know. Um, shit. Really? Butane? It's a butane. Sorry. I, my brain is firing in like eight different cylinders and none of them are going at the same, in the same direction. I'm I, this okay. Is, so okay. This is, butane. Sorry. This is going to talk to me. Sorry. No, yeah, me. It's a butane. Cause this is, this is not something I'm going to pay attention to. I probably won't change it. I probably will just let it play in the background. I might giggle at, at talk tube at the very end here. I'm going to enjoy some of the animation, but apparently not some of the other. I like, there's not a lot to this, but it's a stupid buck episode. And I just did one. Like, if, if I'm watching this uh, one after the other after the other, then I'm just going... This is going to be like an hour solid of, okay, This these are all Buck episodes that I just don't give two shits about. I'm going to let them probably run through because I don't hate them enough to change them. But this is where I, I like, bear down and and paint, like, the one Warhammer mini that I've been holding off on painting for, like, uh, six months. Because it's going to take too fucking long. Okay. Like, yeah. This is this is a nothing but okay. background okay. noise. That's why it's a butane for me. Because I can't even give it the, the you dignity. You love to hate it and you hate to love yeah, it. It's, I, I can't even give it the dignity of skipping it. Because it's it's all going to mesh together with the other Buck episodes I've just watched. Um... Okay, so I don't know how this works, but I'm gonna say I'm just gonna say it. So can I ask you through your voice, do you think I would have liked this one better had we not just watched Hank fixes everything? Do you know what I mean? We just saw Strickland. Um, like No. We just saw him. I think no, no I think you were destined to hate okay, this. So Okay. And I think that's where I am too, is like I kinda I, I mean, I guess, like, in the timeline, the grand unified timeline of, like, humanity, this has to air right now in 06, because, like, Coldstone was a thing. Yeah. Um, and this whole, like... <gasps> oh, shit! This, I forgot this our guest business... star, by the way. Keep going. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, This business trend was a thing, and it's like, oh, well, now we're gonna be fun and have fun at work, and ha ha ha, time to make these people dance for their fucking shekels. Like... <laughs> So maybe, I don't know, What was who's our guest star? Uh, guys, I totally spaced giving you your guest star, guest star here. It's Troy, the uh, dread, white, head, white dreadlocked dude at the Frozen Cow Creamery. Um, you may know him from such Kevin Smith films as Tusk and such other very fun films uh, known as Accepted. Uh, he's also in some Happy Madison stuff. Guys, it's Justin Long. Wow, what a waste of a guest star. Can you imagine what we could have gotten out of Justin Long on any other episode? I love that dude. Oh my god. Um, what a Strange Wilderness is Justin the one I'm Long. he's the I am sorry. Strange Wilderness is the the Happy Madison that I'm I'm trying to bring up here. It's got Steve Zahn in it yeah. and it's the wildlife one. But he plays the super stoner dude that's got the eyeballs tattooed on his eyelids. <laughs> Ernest Borgnine's his grandpa. Yeah, uh, listeners, join us next week when Johnny and I watch Strange Wilderness. God, that's because I that might be my favorite Happy Madison outside of like Billy and or um, Happy Gilmore. Uh, like, that's a movie you and Brad need to watch wow. if you need if if you guys haven't seen it on. I can't wait to show the kids. 
That'll be a, I am not going to show my kids. That'll be like season 10, but yeah, it's going to happen. Perfect. But you're coming on for it, so. Perfect. I'm going to be on every fucking oh, man. episode. Dude, is Justin Long? Yeah, that's Justin Long. It's Justin, oh my god. Okay, so who's who's the uh, strip club manager then? Um, I th- He's nobody, yeah, right? I think it's, it's just one of our regulars. Let me look it up here. Keith from Jugstore Cowboys is voiced by David Herman. Where you are. You know what? Okay. Um, one pearl of the episode. David Herman, you are a fucking chameleon, and you are an amazing <laughs> character actor, and I love you, and Johnny loves you, and the Dangle Podcast loves you, and you deserve better than this episode, sir. We're going to get him <sighs> as Gilbert before you know it, so it's it's fine, man. It's coming, baby. It's coming. Just like Buck in his fucking pants. It's coming. <laughs> We're all... uh, I gave it a charcoal. We already know this. Yeah. We already know I'm angry. It's a charcoal. I'm not putting this on. I'm not watching it. I, I will make a point to turn it off. If I see this on, if the next time that you and I take an overnight flight to Kansas City at a DIA, whenever, and this is on in the airport bar, I'm going to walk up and punch the screen and break the screen so that nobody has to watch it again. And then I'll pay for the TV and leave. Ugh. Man. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> hey, really quick. What's your stripper name? Or no, you know what? Scratch that. You're a stripper. What song do you come out to? Um, it's got to be the same as my my fight walkout song. Why can't we be friends? By War. <laughs> That's gross. That's really gross. What's your stripper song? Also, Spruck Zarathustra. Okay. <laughs> Ric Flair's entrance music. <laughs> Fine, I'm doing Pomp and Circumstance. If you get to pick wrestling music, then so do I. Fine, then I'm picking a real American, Hulk Hogan's entrance music. <laughs> That's No, that fits too good. I don't like that. Yeah, actually, yeah, that fits way too well. Uh, <laughs> Moonlight Sonata by Chopin, bitch. I... The, Blue da- the Blue Danube Balls, Okay. Man. Dude, I would pay money to watch you strip to fucking Blue Danube. <laughs> I know you would. Listeners, join us in three weeks on OnlyFans when me and Johnny strip to classical music. Holy shit. Oh, wow. Okay, well, um, I feel weird. Cons- this is cons- my first double charcoal, and you're in a good mood. You're still happy, Jane. I am rage, Jane. <laughs> you um, are C's red, Jane. Say that again, you broke up. You are you are C's red, Jane. Because <laughs> yeah. all you're seeing is red. Yeah, I am. <laughs> a cherry-colored red. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, buddy, do you still like King of the Hill? Mark, I still love King of the Hill. How about you? Oh, right now? No, I don't. Um, we've Ooh. had two back-to-back weeks of pretty bad shit, and I know I keep going back to like, well, we can't be mad when we get one bad one. Um, but like, I'm looking forward to the future here and God, dude, these are the dark times. These are the rest of season 10 is going to be hard for you, man. I know. And I almost think it's apropos that like right now, America is like in its darkest timeline and I get to experience the darkest timeline in fucking King of the Hill. And, but you know what? I, I, I'm still going to be here and I'm still, you know what? Even even now, being as hateful and angry as I am, I still get to say that I enjoyed watching or enjoyed cutting this podcast with you, buddy. Heck so thank yeah. you. You're <laughs> if nothing else, you're welcome. But I'm, I'm glad we're doing this. We're on the other side of the coin now, and 
again, these are the ones that make us really appreciate shit like beer can or firefighting or jumping jack. God, dude, I would suck dick for jumping jack or jumping crack bass. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like at this point, like I'm thinking about like I'm thinking about all the ones that we used to get so like horned up and airtight about and <laughs> like, dude. Oh my god. I want to go back in time and like happy or, or, or yeah, happy or no, sorry, Billy Madison, my like eight year old face and don't you say that. You stay in season two as long as you can. <laughs> They're gonna find you. Like Um, I, I just want you to know by the end of this month, because we're the guys, this is coming out in July here. By the end of this month, you very well may be gifting a blue flame. And that it may be this okay. the first of two to come in season eleven. I am waiting with bated breath, man. I Yes, but hey, you have less than a month until we until we get the return of a fan favorite character here, one that you and I it's near he's near and dear to our hearts. So Yeah. I you know what, you're right. I'm looking forward to that and if nothing else, I'm looking forward to doing this with you too, buddy. Um listeners, I'm sorry. I got a little heated this week. I don't even think I got heated. I think I just got depressed and it just compounded on my depression. Um, Johnny, do, do you want to tell them where they can find us and they can give me like motivational support and say, hey, Mark, it's going to be all right. Or they can go, hey, Mark, I got a lead on this independent dispute resolution job here in Texas or anything else at all. <laughs> I would love to tell them all about this, Mark. Um, you guys can always reach out to us at the dang old podcast on Instagram, on Twitter, we're on Facebook. We've got a Facebook group. If you are into Google, we have a Gmail, dangolepodcast.gmail.com. You can reach out to me at Instagram. It is Krautball. Kraut is in sauerkraut ball, as in Swedish meatball. I'm on there. I talk all sorts of fun stuff. You know, the OnlyFans thing might actually be a it might actually be a reality. I gotta pay for my student loans somehow, and apparently a bunch of jackasses in Texas decided that I can't get any sort of relief from that. So Hey, maybe the best I can do is exploit Texas another way and make it make it work. Mark, where can they find you? <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at uh, Marky underscore underscore Stardust on OnlyFans, where I am winking it three times a day. No, not really. Um, you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. I don't think Twitter's. I don't know if Twitter's up anymore. I don't know what's going on, on Twitter. You guys, Twitter might not be a thing anymore. Uh, it's that's getting weird, but find me and Marky Stardust on Twitter, um, or find me on our other sister podcast, the uh, Two Wizards podcast, where me and my buddy Josh stare into the void so you don't have to. Um, when this one drops, I think we're dark this week because Josh is on his 10 year anniversary with his Mrs. Wizard, so congratulations to them. Salute! Um, but yeah, generally we just talk about a variety of weird shit. Um, and, you know, go check out our uh, weekly world news episode. That was the last one we did, and it was a really solid episode. Had a lot of fun there. Got a lot of fun feedback from people saying, I remember this. This is great. Or or, or you can go to the I Can't Wait to Show My Kids podcast, a weekly cinematic review podcast where me and our buddy Brad and Once Upon a Time Johnny and soon again Johnny and in the future also Josh, we take our favorite movies that the other one hasn't seen or maybe just we didn't really like it when we saw it or something. And we rate and review and discuss it, and then we talk about, well, when do you show this thing that is so fundamental and wonderful to you? When are you allowed to show this to your kids? Um, we are in our season of blockbusters. Uh, when this one drops, we should have just dropped Independence Day, and I can Ooh. tell you that it was an amazing movie, and I think I annoyed Brad with how much I had fun with it. So, yeah. 
Very good. Find us there. Um, thank you for listening. I appreciate y'all being here this whole time. Johnny, what are, we're not quite to 100 episodes. We're closing in on that deadline. We're real like, close, guys. Dude, I have had so much fun doing this with you. Listeners, I've had so much fun listening to you, listen to me, the talkbacks. Are, again, I called out last week how much I love our fans. I'm going to call it out again this week. We love you guys. You guys are amazing. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you for letting us be a part of your day. And we'll look to the future, and I'll get better weed so that maybe I can enjoy the end of Season 10 and going into <laughs> Season 11, and we'll just see what happens. Um, that's all I got, man. Thank you for being here. We'll talk to you later, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week, guys.